thank you this evening again. Unto you shall the gathering of your people be. And we have come as a people to hear you talk to us and also to offer prayers to you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your ears that are wide open to hear our prayers. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Let's quickly take our declaration of understanding. Then we'll take our seats and then we'll rise up again to pray. We've been praying for a while. Let's study the word of God on prayer. Hallelujah. Are we ready for that? Yes, sir. I want to let's go then. I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I've been filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Uh, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Uh, let's start reading First uh, Timothy chapter 3. Let's read something from there. I'm just going to read a few verses. I'll read from verse 14. Oh, no, let me just back up. All right. Where I want is verse 14. Paul from verse 1 says, is it trustworthy statement? Please, I'll jump. I'm not going to read everything. It's quite long. He says, it's a trustworthy statement. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sorry, literal Greek, a man of one woman. So he wasn't saying that this is not, please, small digression. This is not the support for polygamy. I hope you're getting my point. It's not, you know, don't let the world pressure you until you start modifying what God is saying. I heard that the Pope said that small by small, the whole world will get used to the church blessing same-sex couples. There's only the Africans that will not agree. I said, good, I'm happy you know about that. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, the Africans, those, guys, those ones don't go agree. And he said it from a cultural perspective. He said, our culture will not agree. I said, amen. <laughs> yeah, he said that. And I realized that the man has been pressured. Just swim with the tide, all right? And he erroneously assumes that it will happen. It will not happen. But he, is already, he prophesied one correctly that the Africans will not agree, all right? Now, don't let the world pressure you to modify your doctrine. One thing about truth is that you are careful not to modify truth because it's your compass to where you are going. Do you hear what I said? It's very important. Very careful. You don't adjust the compass to suit your direction. The north must be north. Then you try and find your way to where you are going using the compass, all right, to direct you. You might miss your way, but please don't let the compass be wrong. Because if the compass is wrong, nobody will ever get it right. I hope you're getting my point. And that's something the church must understand. The church is the, which is why I'm reading this anyway. The church is the one that gives the world direction. So the church must stick with the word of God. First, the church must not modify the word of God. For whatever reason, you don't modify it. Now, what I want to say, please don't take me out of context. Please, I'm begging you. 
hear it, you know why I said, please don't get out of context. All right? The church must never modify the word of God. It can disobey it too. Now that's I don't get out of context. I'm not saying disobedience is good. But keep the word true and straight. Then disobey it. So that the next generation will know where to go. They'll know you missed your way. But if you modify it, then nobody knows the direction anymore. You get my context now. So I'm not trying to say that it's okay to twist the word of God. That's not what I'm saying. I said keep the word of God straight. For example, let's keep on reading every Sunday. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Then let's all go out and commit adultery. Please, I hope you're getting me in context. But don't come and say adultery is not wrong. Because if you do that, what will happen is that God will destroy you and all the generations after you. But if you do the first thing I said, God will only destroy you <laughs> and preserve the generations after you. Why? They have a compass. So when you undermine the truth, if you disobey the truth, God will just give you one dose of punishment. If you undermine the truth itself, it doubles the dose. That's why James said, teachers will be dealt with more severely. Because anybody can disobey God. God will say, punishment for disobedience. But when you make others disobey, you have created a terrible problem. The problem is so bad. I know it's not every day you hear people talk about the other side of God. All right? I have to. The problem is so bad, sometimes God will wipe out all the generations because of it. He can't tolerate a whole generation of people that have no compass. If they have small direction, he will just punish them, rehabilitate them, punish them, rehabilitate them. But if they don't have any direction, so there's no use. Wipe everybody out. We'll find a way to start again. So that's what I meant. Please don't go and say, Pastor Banky said we can disobey the word of God. No, I say you'll be punished, but your children will survive. That's what I said. Okay? But when you uproot the standard of truth, then nobody survives. So, I'm already ahead of myself. I just want to say something here. Why people twist this scripture? They come and say, eh, you see, the Bible says that eh, it's only those who want to be dickens that should be husband of one wife. That's why I got into all of that. That's not so. Please, if you want to know about the doctrine of monogamy, I wrote a small teaching on this some years ago, and it's on our website. Just go to the sermon section and look for it. All right, the doctrine of monogamy. Because somebody wrote us a letter once, as if to say polygamy is right, is which Christians that try to make it look bad. Of course, we normally don't have time to discuss with people who are writing. Like if I had to discuss those, they told me arguments were in abundance. One guy actually wrote that, how, how dare I say a prophet is false? And I felt like, are you all right? Is that I have the right to say it or that there are no false prophets? One, there are false prophets established. Number two, I have a right to my opinion. Upon these two commandments, hang my... <laughs> because there are false prophets, and I have a right to my opinion. And of course... Oh, I'll get to my message in a moment. This thing happens. Okay, let me leave that. Let me just stick with my message. The Lord is good. There are false prophets. It's just that one guy that was, we were claiming was a false prophet. Even though I called him a false prophet, I felt that was an insult to false prophets. Some people are false jokers. They are so false, you can see, they don't qualify. Okay, it's like our Ndabo guy, you know, in Onicha. Calling him a false prophet is wrong. I mean, he, I mean, a, you can't call that guy a false prophet. He doesn't qualify. Thank you. He does not qualify to be called a false prophet. 
He's too much of a clown. He doesn't even, he, he doesn't even pretend to be a Christian. He said, I have five powers I have not yet used. All the powers have names we don't recognize. He has never said, I've never heard him say, I'm moving by the power of the Holy Spirit. So actually that day, and I was going to get there today, my children didn't know when we were praying in the house. I took him away, deliberately in my heart, from those I was praying against. I said, I have nothing against you. You are not big enough to deceive anybody. It's like me praying against Guru Maharaji. For what? I hope you're getting my point. It's like me praying against Olumba Olumba. Why? There's nothing about him that concerns me. There's no confusion. Nobody will go to, um, what do you call it, Brotherhood of Cross and Star, thinking he's going to church. Nobody will go to Guru Maharaji in, uh, in, uh, in Yenka's backyard. You know? They are neighbors, you know? <laughs> I said, we're going to church, we ended here. In the same manner, nobody's trying to go to church. Goes to meeting Daboski. Really, when I was we're praying, we're going to get there today, hopefully, if the Lord allows. I pulled him out in my heart. God, I'm not praying about people like him. They are not a problem. They are not a problem. What was I trying to say? The church, okay? <laughs> so the church don't ever change the, the truth. Keep it there. Even if you're not obeying it, keep it there. The reason why you need to keep it there is eventually to drag into the, in the right direction. And even if you don't succeed, people after you will succeed in following the truth of God. Now let me sit on the main thing I'm trying to say. We're looking at the particular, we're reading something, right? Let me, let me finish reading. So, here when you talk about the husband of one wife, the literal Greek is a man of one woman. That is why you will read in the New Living Translation, said the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife. Faithful to his wife. That is what the New Living Translation says. The discussion here was not about polygamy or monogamy. Like I said, please get to our website. You'll see the little write-up I have there on the doctrine of monogamy. It's not founded on this particular scripture. All right? However, what was this scripture saying? It must be a man of one woman. He can't be a man that has a wife at home and has a girlfriend outside and consults with the temple prostitute. He can't be such a person. He cannot be a man who travels and gets where he is and marries another woman for four weeks. Some religions allow that. God, God said, no, he cannot be such a person. Please, I know I'm not getting to my message. We need to keep saying these things again and again. He said, not addicted to wine. If you say this only applies to Dickens, that means other Christians are allowed to what? Be addicted to wine. I don't think you are that crazy to utter that kind of statement. All right? He said he must not be pugnacious. That is, he should not be somebody who's violent, fighting. That's what he means, you know? Boxing. That's what they're trying to say. He He must not be violent. That's what New Living Translation says. But gentle. So if you are saying that applies only to Dickens, it means other Christians are allowed what? To be violent and fighting all over the street. You get to the junction, say, ah, what? Ah, then okay, just parked his car. There's boxing down the road. When he's done, he'll be back. Why is he boxing? The panabuta did not fix his car well. He said, say, ah, why is, is that allowed to box? He's not a dicky. He's not a dicky. Oh, he's not a dicky. No problem. Let him finish boxing. Is that allowed? Good. So, those of you who say that it's only dickens that cannot be, that cannot have more than one wife, you can see how your argument is not making 
He's not holding water. He's pouring water into a basket, making no sense. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. Now, I don't need to keep saying the things I've said, so you understand what he's saying here. So these are the conditions he was given for overseers. Those, verse 8, I'm jumping to verse 8. In the same manner, he says, Dickens are to be worthy, I've moved to living translation now, are to be worthy of respect, that is, in, in their behavior. Sincere, not indulging in wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must be, they must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect, that is, women that you put in positions of authority and leadership. Not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon also, verse 12, must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. All right? He now said, verse 14, which is why I'm reading all of this. He said, Although I hope to see you soon, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated in the, by the spirit, seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. You'll see why I'm reading all of this in a moment, but let's just read another portion where Jesus Christ spoke to us. Matthew chapter 6. He said, the eye is a lamp of the body. So then, if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, or if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Please bear it in mind. He said, ye are the light, ye are the salt of the earth, and what? Ye are the light of the world. He said that somewhere else, all right? In this same context, of course. And I just wanted to remind us of that. Ye are the light of the world. Ye are the salt of the earth. I'll remind us of something I said before. Let me just quickly do a small recapitulation of things that we have said. Um, you know, let's just continue from that point after I've done small um, recap. I started by explaining to us, and we're going to pray today again about some things. That prophecies are not predictions. They do not give you things that must come to pass no matter what happens. That's not what prophecy is. Prophecy is a description of the plan of God. Prophecy is a description of what God desires and plans to do. Prophecy is God says, this is the direction I want to go. I want, now that, that's the thing about it. I want all of you to look in that direction and walk with me so we can get there. That's prophecy. So why he gives prophecy is to give you direction. What did I say? Yes, it's to give the church direction. 
is to let you know what you are supposed to work on so that you will not be swimming against the tide of God. So you will not be cooperating with Satan. Satan has his own direction. Prophecy is that this is what I want to do. Now, will it always come to pass? Well, there's a way it is. In it, ultimately, it will. But in whose life and at what time is dependent on the people on the earth. I hope you're getting my point. Prophecy is not prediction. It's not saying, once God has said it, by next year it must happen. There are times God will say that. Like he came to Abraham, and he gave him the time that his wife would deliver. You will notice something, that was a year before. By this time next year, I will visit your wife, she's going to have a son. He did not say that 24 years before. He didn't say that. Why could he now? Could he say that? The answer is, within that realm of operation, no. Because Abraham had not yet fulfilled what was necessary. By the time he said that Abraham was ready, Sarah was ready. I hope you're getting my point. Before then, he was just telling them, a father of many nations, I have made you. You know, walk before me and be perfect and I will bless you. There were so many conditions to fulfill. That's what prophecy is. Please bear it in mind. Now, it's a small reminder. Now, we looked at the prophecy of Pi which I will just repeat in a short, a few moments, in a few seconds. It said, Nigeria, now please, if you are listening to this from another country, pardon us. You know, charity begins at home. This is our home. This is where he gave to us to occupy. I hope you get my point. I will must occupy it. But the principles apply in Ghana, applies uh, in Rwanda, applies in South Africa, applies in Belgium, applies in the Netherlands, applies in the United States, applies in Japan. It's a war, it's an eternal principle. I'm just starting from Nigeria, okay? So, the man said, the country will be known for corruption. Then the time will come when it will now be known for what? Righteousness. I've already explained that the reason why he said the corruption is the natural order of things. It's not as if Satan, people think that Satan was going to come and attack the nation specially. There was no special attack. It's just the way the people are. It will manifest with time. That's what he was saying. But then the second side on righteousness is what God plans to do. That's why I spoke so much about what um, prophecy is. This is the plan of God. Now, the importance of that is that we must work with him. And we've been seeing that the way by which God will bring it to pass is that in each nation, he has his people. Did you get what I said? In each nation, what did I say? He has you and he has me. We are the ones through whom he will bring the prophecy to pass. There are a number of things we do in that regard. Of course, we started by believing. We have believed him. And then two, we walk in righteousness and we persistently walk in righteousness and faith and patience, all right? We do all the works of righteousness. Then we make ourselves intercessors. If you are not walking in righteousness and not walking in faith, you are not qualified to be an intercessor. An intercessor is somebody that God, now can I use the expression? Somebody that God respects. I don't mean God will come to you and bow. Good morning, sir. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that your presence, okay, is, is um, which word do I look? You are highly esteemed in his presence. Daniel is our good example. It's a good example for us of who an intercessor is. So what happens is that 
The Bible says, surely the Lord God does nothing except he reveals his secret counsels to his servants, the prophets. So what he does is to reveal to the prophets his counsel. The prophets will announce it to the people. It's only after they have announced to the people and the people agree to work with him that those things are coming to pass. Now I'm giving us the word of God for this season, for this nation. That word of Pi Elton is God's word for this season and for this nation. I hope you're getting my point. The prophet has spoken. I'm reiterating what he said. Don't forget it. That the plan of God is that this nation I have given you must be captured and turned into an into a I'm looking for the word, the origin of the fragrance of righteousness. From here, righteousness must, you know, ooze. It must fill the earth. People must smell it from far. That righteousness is coming from that place. I'm saying to you, that is the plan of God. I'm saying what the prophet said is valid today. He gave that prophecy definitely over 50 years ago. I'm not sure, more than 50, but more than 40 years ago. Yes. He gave that prophecy. Maybe more than that. I don't know exactly the year when he did. But I'm saying to you, it is valid today. That is what the prophecy, uh, the, the, the Spirit is saying. The Spirit is saying it is time for us to work on the fulfillment. Many of us heard the prophecy and we were waiting, sitting down, waiting for it to happen. God said it will not work like that. Did you not notice that Daniel, Daniel, he saw the prophecy of Jeremiah. He turned it to a spiritual activity. It became his focus. It was the reason he rose up early in the morning to go and talk to God because he read something that Daniel said. And I'm saying that is what God is saying to us now. Everybody arise, be an intercessor. Take that prophecy that Pielting gave and start working on it. And start working with it. Make it the, the foundation of prayers you begin to utter. Take it that God has given you a land. They say conquer it. Make sure righteousness rises from here. That message was not said to anyone apart from those who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a message to the church of God. If this, church, this nation is not known for righteousness, it will be because the church therein failed. I've given you some very sad but true statistics. Most people who preach and shout out to you now do not believe in the nation. They don't. You have to take your own salvation into your own hands. You hear what these men say behind. I'm sorry. I don't like to sound like this. But then we have to address these issues. And that, if you want to know, that has been the major problem. I look at Nigeria, that has been the major problem. If they say dollar, dollar is doing all of this, listen. You want to know why dollar is crazy? The church went mad. Let me say something to you about put. I'll give you the word of prophecy that I gave some time ago. That thus says the Lord. If you, and it's based on scripture anyway. If you want this country, I will give it to you. But you have to ask for it sincerely. I hope you're getting my point. What do I mean by asking sincerely? In sincerity, it means I am taking you to the promised land. Be ready to face giants. It's not like I can't behead the giants and show you where I staked up their heads for you to look at. As your God went ahead of you. But if I did that, how would I test the sincerity of your desire? How would I test it? So I'm saying to you again, thus says the Lord to the church in Nigeria. If you want this nation and you ask for it sincerely, I will give you. 
And let me tell you the danger. Now, I'm not giving you the word of the Spirit. Now, I'm giving you understanding. The danger is this. If people demonstrate to God they want it more than you, and he does not have enough accusation against them, or the accusations he has against them, all right, do not weigh more than the ones he has against you, he will give it to them. This is the painful part. You will not like them. You will complain, but you still give them. He will make, look, you look, think of one industry, maybe farming as an example. You make sure everybody controlling it is not a believer. That the Christians will go to them to go and buy. Those guys will control the markets. They will control the prices. They will sit down and sponsor people into the most powerful offices in the nation. And it will be because God said, I have given you, because the kingdom belongs to him. He gives to whosoever he wishes. He will give it to them. He will make them the richest people, both in reality, that is, by, if you want to count real assets. And then even publicly, the ones fake, fake assets. <laughs> Why? I said, thank you. They want it now. My guys don't want it. My guys don't want it. How do you mean they don't want it? Ask that guy where his sons are. Ask them where the daughters are. Okay, he said I should build him a great industry. Who will run it? I gave him small money. He has exported all his children. One is in Australia, one is in America. One is in Japan. The other one is in Europe. What do you want me to do? So this, this industry, have, this business I've given him now, who will he hand it over to? doesn't want it. What he wants is to enjoy his life now and make sure his children are settled. I've taken care of that, haven't I? Go to his house. He has one house in his village in Enugu here. He has one in Enugu City. And he has one in Abuja. What else does he want? I mean, does he not have a house in the U.S.? He has. All the children are going to schools all over the world. I paid. That's all he wants. He does not want the land. As for the house he has in the village, his cousins will take over the house. He knows. Right now, they want, you know what they use the house for. All the boys are partying their weekends. Well, he's not even there. This is all he wants. And I have given him. See, I'm sorry, when people go to church, go pray, go pray. You know, I told you before, Apostle, you can grow all you want. You're, not you. <laughs> I mean, we brethren, we can speak. Again, let me say this, I said it before. I'll say it again. What I'm about to say, that, that's what I said before, okay? I just want to repeat it again. What I'm about to say may not apply in 10 years' time. It probably was not the situation 50 years ago in the body of Christ worldwide. But today it applies. Any Christian in Nigeria that only prays in tongues and does not interpret his prayers and or does not read scriptures well before he starts is not praying. I don't care how much you groan. There's some people I think where are they gathered somewhere in Anambra here. They can groan. Say Pastor Bangi said to them that they are wasting time. That I spoke by the Spirit and I said all the groanings are wasting time. They are wasting time. Except they come and interpret for me what the Spirit is saying. If they don't have an interpretation, they have wasted time. Do you know why? Because this groaning and this tongue you are speaking will never go beyond the true desires of your spirit. It can't. It should be out of order. So if they are saying, let us pray for Nigeria. Oh, you are doing the People say, oh, these guys can't pray. God say, come, let me show you the guys not pray. He will carry you. All right? To the guy's house at night. Hear him and his wife talk. See where this country is going? The bandits have taken over. They have taken over. They have taken over. What I just need now is enough money. Thank God. You know, our first son has gone to school. He's, 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 I mean, he's now in Cyprus going to school. Thank God. If he comes back to this country, here's the role. <laughs> One man actually said that to us. 
that if his son comes back, here's the role. I'm not kidding. Yes. Oh, just now they need enough money to carry this one and put him in Ghana. This country is finished. This is him and his wife talking. At 10 p.m. at night, they come to church on Sunday morning. This country in the name of Jesus. We begin to drive out all the bandits. We drive out all the sons of the bond woman. Hey, 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 they will not take this life. Because he said, I'm using all the patience in my soul not to enjoy all of you here pray. Because not one of them believes. And they hide behind groaning and speaking in tongues not to be able to ex- display what they really believe and confess their own belief to themselves. They do not have one scripture to support their desires. So they now hide. Say, the spirit help, help. The spirit helps you. Doesn't go against you. I hope you're getting my point. So that's why I said what I said. It may not apply, please, if you are listening to this, this is the year 2024. I'm correcting my brethren in the church in this nation. Please stop hiding behind groanings and tongues speaking. Please, before you go into groaning, take the first 30 minutes. Speak la- a language you understand so you will know where your heart is. That's what I'm saying. Because many people, when they are groaning for the nation, they are saying nothing to God. Because what God hears is what they say at night. But if you will say in English, in Igbo, or any Nigerian language that you understand, the language you understand, and say, God, the land you have given me, I will possess it. I've taught my children, all of you, please, learn it too. If I say to them now, how are you? They are supposed to answer me, it is well with me, I am possessing the land. That's the new answer for 2024. Sometimes one of my children come to greet and collect their blessing for the day. Say, how are you? is well with me. I am possessing the land. So say to God, I will possess the land. My children will possess the land. I will face the giants. I will pull them down. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. I will dig my foot in this land and drive out evil from it. Jesus, until you return, I will wait for you here. He said, occupy till I come. I will occupy every space around me until you come. I will be fruitful. I will multiply. I will fill the earth. I will have dominion. I will not say like the people of Israel. I will flee on horses. Lord, I'm not fleeing on no horse. Lest those who are running after me become swift. Say, Lord, you will bless me in the land you have planted me. My children will possess the land. Restore our captivity, O God, as strength renew the desert. Thus says the Lord, those who sow in tears shall reap with joy. The ones that go f- goes forth, bearing his bag of seed, weeping, shall doubtless again return, bringing his shields with him. I will pour water upon the seed that you have sown, says the Spirit of God. Say this is in English. Then start groaning. Then start groaning. Then the Spirit knows what we are groaning about. Because I don't know how my children will possess the land. I don't know how I will possess the land. I don't know how I'm going to go and come with no evil befalling me and no place coming in my dwelling place. Yes, the, the, the dark places of the earth, the Bible says, are filled with the habitations of cruelty. I don't know how I'm going to be delivered, but I will be delivered. So because I don't know, I start praying. I know what I'm saying. I just don't know how he's going to do it. Then the spirit takes hold with me because of my infirmity. 
what I don't understand. And he says, hide yourself for a little while until the indignation is over. So I said, everybody, calm down. We have six more months until this tide is over. And then one day we wake up at night, I have an urge in my spirit to pray. I don't know for what, but at least we know the direction. Then I pray and pray, I wake up in the morning. And I hear that the army went and attacked, you know, a camp of bandits. And they slaughtered a thousand of them and did not lose one soldier. And my spirit says, that's what you were praying about during the night. And I say, Father, I thank you. I say, Lord, wake me up next time. Let's do it again. But many people are groaning. And God says, close the window. This place smells. I hope you know, this tongue and groaning you are speaking can be a habit. I saw a comedian the other day. First time I've seen him, I'll never watch him again. I don't know how he stumbled into my path. He's praise. He's a comedian doing useless comedy. He speaks in tongues throughout. Oh, listen. When I was in university, we will be in the words. Patients on admission, tied. They are speaking in tongues. You don't know whether it's tongues of men, tongues of angels, or tongues of demons. If you ever saw some of these funny movies, you see that evil spirits speak tongues too. What are you talking about? I mean, this is what happened to us in school now. We watch it, we listen to the message today, tomorrow. People are praying. They are speaking the tongues of the pastor you heard yesterday. I said, is that the Holy Spirit or you copied from the message? I'm not judging. I'm just telling you to think about it. That's why I said, when I was in school, I wanted to act, act, please. I told my guys, no acting of tongues. I don't think we should do that. If I want to joke with speaking in tongues, I speak languages. I'll tell you, Toyota, Mitsubishi, Honda. I, sp- I miss Hausa Yoruba for full day. So I'm telling you, so calm your temper. That you are sweating for an hour. Doesn't impress also. And I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. Don't think you are, you know, some people think it's mysteries. There's no mystery in this. The deepest mystery is spoken in English. I hope you get the point. Ah. Give me one word for the deepest mystery. Thank you. Christ. The deepest mystery comes in one word, Christ. The deepest mystery is not, <clears throat> no, it's Christ. So don't come and impress me. Because the deepest mystery you can ever utter is one we just uttered. It is the, that, the mystery that was hidden from ages past. Things that angels wanted to look into. I need to explain that again. Please, I feel like explaining more about it. Many of the problems we have in this nation is rejection of God's land. The church, God said, this is your promised land. They said there are giants in there. And they gather and reject the land. We're not able to enter. We don't even want to enter. One of our brothers shared, I saw something on his status, WhatsApp. So I just, okay, it was when Cameroon, Nigeria beat um, Cameroon, that was about uh, three days ago. Uh, those of you who have been wa- watching AFCON, all right? So he said something that, before the matches began, of course he was supporting Nigeria and supporting Super Eagles. If you see the attack, he said the attack he suffered, and that includes Christians. 
Ah, that is, is the, what is he supporting? The super egos that don't know what's happening to them, being led by useless president and useless country. They abused the country well, but he mounted his support. First round, they did well. Dream one match, won the rest. My son told me, pointed out to me this afternoon. And when I saw we were meeting Cameroon in the second round, hi, let me be honest with you. Those guys are a problem for Nigeria <laughs> when it comes to football. They used to be. I just look, I said, go, please have mercy on us. I don't watch football because, you know why I don't watch football? I've told you before. It's, it's actually because of my ministry and because of my family. <laughs> I don't want to die. That's it. It's why I don't watch football. If you bring Africa, if my son wants to die, come and pay, pay for Africa, uh, what they call it, for cable so he can watch. I will pay and walk away. And if you dare tell me when they want to play, I will remove the smart card. Don't tell me. If you want to watch the match, lock the door. Seal of, I don't want to hear, eh, ooh, eh, ooh, eh. I don't want to hear rejoicing. <laughs> Why should I die before my time? No, 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 no. Those, you know, sometimes, eh, as an aside, I get part of my message, let me just this small. You know, some people I respect the most in life is coaches. I say, you stand here, you did not die. Your boys are playing for 90 minutes and you survived? If I'm the coach, eh, I'm going to be on tranquilizer for two days, IV, before the match. <laughs> so I'll be in a daze. Meanwhile, if you take the tranquilizer I want to take, you can't walk. You can't give instructions. I can never be a coach. You stand there, you see them score a goal against your team. See, if I'm the one, they'll have to pick my heart and put it back in the chest. It is. <laughs> Anytime I'm watching matches there, eh, I'm looking at the coach. Say, this guy, man, you're strong. Some of them just stand like this. I'm between them. You know, there are some jobs some people do. Eh, I just have respect for them. So the brother said the football thing. Of course, people went against it. But God will have it. First match. And then we had a draw. Next one, we won. Next one, we won. Next one, second round, we won. I said, and this at Nigeria. Let me, let me say something to you. Eh? Winning matches is also spiritual. No team will win an international tournament if the citizens' hearts are not there. God will not grant it. You see, just for you to understand some things. That's why you may find that Nigeria get to semifinals they will tell the, the vice president, go and attend. That's how they do it. You want to play semi-finals, the VP will come, fly a presidential jet to a foreign country and come and sit down to watch a match. Those who don't know anything, we see this, how they are wasting our money. No. That's how you will win. He bring, that is, he's, just before they go in, he goes shake all the men. Whether they like him or not is relevant. He's the vice president. Ah, they will look like Omo. We get to play I remember when MK Abiola that time, he had Abiola Bibs. I don't know how people remember Abiola Bibs. He wanted them to win one tournament. Well, the man had spent money, spent money the last day. He told them, look, you guys win. This is what you are getting. Brown in 504, I think, for each person. Those days, he ensured each player. He said, don't worry. Break the leg, we will pay. 
Who? They finally won, I think it was 1-0 or 2-1. If you see the excitement, but he had to come in and moot. He told the guys, see, this one, we are winning. I know was that there was Challenge Cup or Nigerian League, but it was the final match. We are winning, no? That's why they do things like that. You see an important tournament. They just tell the VP. President may not go. Tell the VP, go. Send the president, we go. Just go. Finance, just come. Before you guys go in the come, shake all your hands. When you smell presidential aura, <laughs> you will win. But how can they say something spiritual about it? They have told God, this is important to us. There's something spiritual about it. Those little, little things. There was one World Cup when I saw the way Ghana lost. I said, no, it's a, it's a spiritual thing. Was it Ghana? Yeah, I think it was Ghana. It was one Nigerian? Was it Ghana? In South Africa? When I saw the way they lost, I said, this has to be spiritual. Dying minutes, they, they put a hot shot in. Mommy hit the bar, hit the line, and bounced out. I said, which spirit is inside there? Once that happened, I think they now lost in extra time or something. Can't remember. Ah, I said, oh, that is, these guys played their hearts out. They did. One guy gave the shot like 89th minute or so. He hit the bat. The thing came down, hit the line, and came out. And it was a knockout stage. See, this is as soon as I see Nigerians gather against their country, they'll be there abusing uh, Osime. I don't know footballers these days. My wife was asking me, all I could remember was JJ Okocha. All I could remember was people like Kano Wanko, Finidi George. Just like the people that played when I watched football. That's long ago. I mean, those guys, you're talking about Atlanta 96, USA 94. Those are the guys that were reigning that. It's quite a while ago, okay? All right. Some of them are crazy now. They're advertising bet this, bet that, bet that. May God teach them a lesson. Anyway, but... <laughs> So the guys now, I, I, I know I met Musa. I know Osimi. I know Osimi only because of Napoli. Because when, the guy, when they turned the guy to national hero, they'll be there abusing the boys. It's not them. God said, whether you will win or not, I need to look down at, they are, they are representing you. Not their clubs. Not their individual lives. So I will decide first whether you deserve to win or you don't. If I rule that you deserve to win, I will give it to them to win. But if you sit down, you are abusing them every day, cursing them, they will play and play and play. They will not be able to go far. So many people are insulting people. They don't know that they are the ones God is holding responsible. They are the ones. God is holding you responsible. You just don't know. Like I said all the time, contribute to your own portion. If your national team is going to play, I don't watch matches. I've told you my reason why, okay? Just contribute the little you can, which is good words, a positive attitude. It's an aura. It's a spiritual thing. Just stand as you're washing your car or having your bath in the morning. Lord, hey, our country is playing. Oh. Please help them to. I actually prayed for them. When I found out they were going to play, play Cameroon, I said, ah, Father God, yeah, this is rough, I, pray, I said a word. It's not a long prayer. Maybe like 20 seconds at most. Father in Jesus' name, please have mercy on us. Who can help us beat these guys? They know go bad. I did. When Nigeria was playing Argentina then, in USA 94, I told you they came to watch it in my room. My, I had a friend, he had a TV in his room, but he doesn't like watching football alone. So he came down. My, my brother Digi was there. 
Another of my guys next door, he was, we all gathered. Me, I ran away. But since everybody in Lagos was watching the match, there was nowhere to run to. So I ran into, we had a small kitchenette. I ran into the kitchen. And because they were watching it just not too far away from me, I put music and raised it at a very high volume so I couldn't hear anything. After closing the door, my music was playing throughout. I don't want to hear, hey, hoo, hoo, hey, hey. I don't want to hear. So they were playing and playing and playing. Of course, you can't stay in the kitchen forever. So curiosity or something will bring you out. So I'm, if you tell you, I closed the window, closed the doors, I secluded myself, and I put music. I carried my music player into the kitchen, locked the door, and I put in music. So I couldn't hear anything. I was reading. I just removed my mind. You don't know how bad it is for me, Sha. <laughs> so I now came out. I, just, I, I made a joke. There's, one, there's a statement um, Kenneth Hagin makes. So I just quoted um, my guy, the main guy, the one of my guys. He's also he's in fact, he's a pastor. So I just came out. I said, how goes the battle? We heard that from Kenneth Hagin. I said, how goes the battle? He looked at me. I crossed. I went out. Came back and said, I said, how goes the battle? I was going back to my cave. He said, are you sure you want to know? I said, all right, tell me. He said, the battle is bloody. I said, what happened? That time it was 3-1. So we are two goals down. 3-1. Hi. Hey. I said, no wonder everywhere has been quiet. So... I went back, we were playing Brazil to semifinals. And Brazil had some of my finest guys I liked. Roberto Carlos was there. Bebeto was there. Ah, I love those guys. So I went back into my closet. That, that's I'm telling the story. I left everything. I don't know what kind of what I was doing, but I left everything. I started praying. I said, Father, Father, please. I said, forgive us of all our sins. And please remember all the iniquities of the Brazilians. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's how I prayed. I said, God, have you ever been to their carnival? <laughs> I said, Lord, see how women dance naked. I'm, I'm, God is my witness. I'm telling you what I told the Lord. I said, please, remember this sin. I use it against them. But for us, ah, ah. We are begging you. Have mercy on us. At least we'll go. <laughs> See, I may not remember what it was word for word, all right? But these were the things I said to God. I told him about Brazilian carnival. Thank God Calabar had not started that nonsense that time. If it's not, I won't have what to say. God will say, ah, what are you, have you been to Calabar too? So I didn't. So I prayed that prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I begged God. I said, God, please do this one for us now. Abba. Next thing I heard commotion. Everywhere, the noise that was so loud, there was no way I could drown it. So I, I knew it had to be an equalizer. Because nobody would rejoice like that when you had to sit down. My friend told me, how goes the battle? He had jumped into the bedroom and thrown the mattress off the bed. <laughs> it's where our apartment was. That bedroom led to the kitchen. So I yanked the door. Hey, what happened? Equalizer. He said, yes. I just came outside. I said, this match, I will watch it today. <laughs> this one, I'm watching this. I knew they would win. See, I knew we were winning. I watched the rest of the match. I was describing for my wife a few days ago. I, I knew we would win. 
I still remember how, um, who, who gave that cross? That hit um, Amokachi on the back. Yes. Somebody gave, I think it was Finidi. One of those, he gave the cross. He went, Amokachi was running, but they hit him on the back. He bounced into the pathway of Kanu Wanko. Papilo, the guy took. <laughs> Papilo took the ball. Pam, pam, boom! Bebeto started crying. My beloved Bebeto, he started crying. <laughs> I felt so sorry for them. Ah, God. But why am I telling the story? Brethren, contribute to your own. I just sat, I remember very well that day. I sat down and interceded. They said, Is that the reason why you want the one? I don't know. All I know is that I contributed my own. This is what I'm saying. Contribute faith. Speak words about them. Say something nice. I mean, you can't argue with this. We have the best Jesses in the world. No, it's not controversy. You don't have to. It's, your opinion. it's not my opinion. God gave us a natural color with which you select our Jesses. Once you combine that, our green and our white. Ah, which which company the other day did Jesses and was plucking money? They said in UK to was not Nigerians alone. Everybody was buying Nigerian Jesses. Which which World Cup was that? Yes. To buy, to buy Nigerian jersey, you will queue down the street. The queues left the shops. People were outside to buy Nigerian jersey. At least remember that one. Sometimes you just go and buy a jersey. Say, Lord, I want to pray tomorrow. Wait, jersey. Why are you wearing this jersey? This is my country. It's the land you give me. I want to occupy. It may look like it's ordinary football, but it's a sign of the love you have. For your nation. You can't, your, your, your person, I mean, imagine that your son is going to play a match. You are there telling him how stupid he is. If you were God, wouldn't you punish you? Think about it. Say, is that one a father too? Say, Lord, you, you made him father. He said, you go and meet Samuel. I regret that I made Saul king. Say, I regret that I made this one the father of that boy. A young man has been practicing. He's going to play a match. You are telling him how stupid he is. That's how you'll be walking like you don't have direction. I they go and play. Let's see whether you can win. Who does that? But we do it about our country and we don't feel anything. And you're asking God to bless the country. God said, you don't love it now. The effectual heartfelt prayer of a righteous man is what avails much. You don't feel anything in your heart towards the land. How will I bless it because you prayed? I can't bless it because you prayed. Even if you don't like what the coach did. If you don't like, like the lineup. Maybe the person who thought is the best player. Like one I was showing my wife that I knew. I found that the guy was on the bench to start. I'm not saying he's the best, but at least I knew his name. It was only him and Osima I knew their names in that whole place. Some of those boys are so fine. Kai. Just see them. I say, ah, see fine boys playing for Nigeria. They just wear, they wear, where does their jersey take photo? I say, God will bless you. God will bless you. <laughs> now, whether they agree with you, you agree with them or not, is now your team. They are going to play. Speak words about Don't say this. You look, how can you start 4 4? How do they say it? 4 4 2. That's how you started and lost the other day. You should have, been, you should have started 0 1 20. <laughs> 0 1 11. Hey, what kind of thing? No. 
the coach, don't ever forget, he's doing what he thinks is best. And you have never coached anything apart from your... You've never coached anything, you've just been watching matches. You've never coached anything, so let him be. You disagree, there's no problem. As they are going, say, oh, Father God, they are representing us. Be with them. Pray that none of them will fall down down the pitch. Now, it may look like a small, ordinary spot, but for goodness sake, they are speaking, the, they are carrying the image of a nation you claim to love. If you can't show them love, God says you don't love the land. I'm telling you how God reasons. If you know how God judges things, then you will be shocked. It's ordinary football. Just say a word of prayer for them. Why am I good with all of these things? I repeated what the Spirit said. If you sincerely want the land, I will give it to you. I will so give it to you. I will so give it to you. One day you will look and say, who begat me all this wealth? You will be a man, a woman of influence. You will go to government houses. Governors will come out to receive you. Some people will be there abusing people who have, who God looked at their hearts and said, I will give you something. You, look, they said that Dangote stood up for Archbishop Idaosa. I don't know whether it's true. That thing has not been confirmed. But the point I want to make is that the truth is that God has a reason for giving people power. He does. Sometimes he has looked and said, look, all these are my people. <laughs> if I give them money, they will, buy a land, they will first buy a house in, where do we normally buy it? Nigerians, we normally buy it in Atlanta. They first buy in Atlanta. When I give them more money, they will buy in London. When I give them more, they will be buying houses everywhere. Say so this one, he doesn't have any other house apart from the ones he has in Nigeria. So give him more money. They will give him more money. He will build a, a factory. Say so give him more. He builds another one. Build, give him more. Then he said, they are never having fuel. Okay? So give them money to build a refinery that will be managed by the private sector. He said, Lord, who do we give it to? He goes to church. Ah! He said, oh, more. If you give that guy money, the pastor will go mad. They will fight on where he tithed to. So please don't carry that money. I don't want to divide the church. The unity of the church is more important to me than petrol. God will look up and down. Say, who do you? She be just to supply them petrol. Abby, find me. Give that guy. It's devout mostly. Man. Give him. Give him. Give him. Shebi is the one that he says he loves the country and he believes so much in the country. Now, you may have reason, you may say it's because he's making money from it. Whatever be the reason he believes, so give it to him. First year, second year, third year, tenth year. You know, sorry, if I may just use this as an example. I hope I'll get to my call for my If I don't get into it, we'll come back. One of our brothers, you know, he's into the petroleum stuff. One day we were in his house, we were talking about it. So he's, a, he's, a, he's a big guy in that sector. Who knows the capacity of the Portaco refinery? It is not up to 10% of Dangote's refinery. No, sorry. Yeah, it, no, sorry. who knows the capacity? No, it's not 400,000 barrels. No, no, no. It's not up to 100,000. Hmm? 60,000. Oh, okay, that's Portacot, I think, is 60,000. Okay, there are two in Portacot. Okay, okay. Anyway, compared to the one in Lagos, the Equa one, it's small. 
Where I'm going is that, do you know this man and his friends bought the potter cut and the worry, those refineries? A person just sold to them. In the dying days of his presidency, as soon as he left power and Yeradua came in, the sale was reversed. Obasan just said he walked in to Yaradua and asked him, why did you do this? I know the way it is. I've been positioned before you make a decision, you leave power, somebody reverses it. It's very painful. Especially when you know you did what you knew was best and the decision the person took did not produce anything as good as where you were going. Obasan just was pained. He asked him, why did you do this? Yaradua said to him that, okay, the pressure was too much. He like, look, they also pressured me. That you don't put these pressures ahead of national interest. I was not talking to that brother. We were talking in his house. He said they were the ones that pressured Yaradua. They, you know, that's, see, let me just drop something for you. Eh? Don't spend your life being angry with the rich. See, you, there's, it has never happened in this world that people took money from the rich and they became rich. It has, the record of mankind shows that it has never happened. Everybody always became poorer. The rich are not the reason why you are poor. Many of them have to fight against poverty. The men gathered and said, eh, let it. of course, what annoyed them? Why should I go to Why should I take dollar? I have a number, number of those guys came together to buy these things. Let them go. Now, that's where I'm going. He said, let them go and build their own. That's not happened now. They meant it for evil. God meant it for good. They told them, let them go and build their own. That's what they told Yaradwa. If they want refineries, they can go and build their own. From that time until recently, those ones that they bought did not work. Government sank money, it didn't work. Why will it work? Do you know how old they are? Where I'm going to, they dead the people, say, go and build your own. And the man said, eh, I should go and build my own. No problem. Then he began. Now he's selling aviation fuel, diesel, LPG, they're generating power. Fertilizers, and by next month, they're selling PMS. They dead him like just after when the Yaradua leave office. When the Obasanjo leave office. Obasanjo left office in 2007. Yes. Took a while. But finally, he called their bluff. And now he did it. But I'll tell this to you, as a matter of fact. That's not human strength. God was looking for who to give it to. Was that man his first choice? I don't know. But I can assure you of one thing. He looked and looked, and many people are making a lot of noise. They didn't qualify. They didn't qualify. They didn't qualify. Why? Because what I want to do, they don't love the nation enough. That's what God keeps saying. He said, what I really want to do, these people don't love the nation enough. That's why I repeated the prophecy I gave you earlier. That God says, if you want this country and you ask, that is you truly want it, you truly want it and then you ask me for it, I will give you. I will. Literally. I will make it into anything. I will look at one segment of one major industry. I just hand it over to you and your sons. When I say sons now, it doesn't mean your natural children. People who have your mindset, who walk the way you walk. And of course, if you train your children along that line, I give them to them too. I give it to them also. I look at another one, I hand them to you. I make you powerful. One day you wake up in the morning, you look. Your natural 
son or daughter will be a senator. At the same time, another one will probably be a, a, just one governor just living. And you, you are the one. I mean, you are their father. And you look at it, you are just 68. You are 70. And we will, that your house will be like Bodilon. You know, you know they call Bodilon? He that has an ear, let him hear what bank is saying to the brethren. That the people will be coming to your house because they want you to talk to your children. Ah, that's a good morning. Ah, how are you? I didn't see you in church on Sunday. Ah, we had to travel. Please, uh, um, please, I don't know. Uh, if a maker comes home, whether you can talk to him. We, there's, you'll be like, ah, don't discuss politics in the house. Uh, that is, is you. Let's not talk about that one of your children. That one is a vice chancellor somewhere. Of a university that you built. Ah, tell Reverend. Well, it's not you and me sitting there watching one man the other day in the newspaper, reading his story. The man said he sat down. Moby walked up to him. He told them, you want me to handle this case? You give me $5 million. They looked at him like, what? So they left. They said, well, other 500,000 naira, 500,000, I don't know. They left. They lost the case heavily. Going for appeal, they came back with $5 million. Okay, take. He said, no, what well, I Took them to appeal. He won their case for them. They retained him as a friend and consultant. The man was talking. He said, listen, some people were owing government money. He told government, I'll get your money for you. Nigerian government. He said, I'll get your money for, for you. You give me 10%. They signed the agreement. He got their money for them, $300 million. They handed him $30 million. So, some of you read it in the papers. $30 million US dollars. One payment. Thus says the Lord. If you want this nation, I will give it to you. Your children will build hospitals that people will travel from the rest of Africa to come and attend. They will come from, right now ahead, people are even coming from the U.S. to do surgeries in Lagos. Because the cost difference is too heavy. They're coming from the U.K. because they can't wait. U.K. and Canada will give them a waiting period of three months. They look, how much is it in Lagos? Ah, they bought a flight. Call it, and you know, I brought you book appointment. You all walk out the clinic. Doc, you did there? <laughs> is it normal? You know, is it normal thing with us now? Private hospital. Which kind of nurse's appointment? You ask, you ask at the counter. You ask the nurse. Hello, good morning. Please, uh, receptionist. Is Doc around? Ah, it's not yet here. It's will be here by 10. Ah, okay. I'll wait for as soon as he comes. Ah, good morning, Doc. You are walking in. What kind of appointment? You know, something happened when I was in MD Anderson. America's second biggest cancer center. My, the guy who I made that, I went there to stay with for some time, a, a pathologist, pathologist professor, he came to work one day, limping. All of us like, ah, okay, what's going on? So now, this is where I'm going. He now said, either him or his secretary trying to book an appointment to see the orthopedic surgeon. In my mind, in Nigeria, you are, you are one of the big bosses in this department. And have to call to book? Book? Which kind of nonsense? Will be book? Ha! No, even if it's a senior person. <laughs> the Lord is good. That just by the way. So a lot of Nigerians are abroad. They now come back to Lagos. I found out. And Abuja for surgery. They started the elective procedures, obstetric procedures, gynec procedures. They come. What I'm trying to say is that. So don't think we're asking for something. For God to do something that he can't, he, he has not done before. He has not even done anything fantastic. 
don't know what you do to your children. That your children are they talk so. Please, I'm begging you. When you are plotting for the lives of your children, ask God to bless them. That's what I just wanted to say. Just say, Lord, bless this child for me. And you behave like you're asking for blessing. Like I told you, please, I'm not trying to beside anybody. I'm not using my money to deny myself of my children. Use your tongue to count your teeth. I'm telling you. Look, I'll say it's flat. I'm not paying school fees for you in such a manner that you hate the country. Me and you are living in. Come, go to university around. It's cheaper for me. By the time I finally agreed to pay money for you to go outside the Nigeria, for you'll be so attached to living down in that street. You won't want to go anywhere again. Now, you don't have to agree with this. This is not scripture. This is just my desire. My number one desire in that area is, you know, I have one house near in that government house, the other side. There, I buy houses down the street. Like four and share to the children. I love you now. Stay here. Every Sunday, everybody come for prayer meeting. Yes. Now, that's not scripture. I'm talking about what? My desire. Which one of you have your house be on 2,000 square meters? What I'm trying to say is that you, you will possess the land. Amen. You will possess the land. Amen. Please, it's not money you use to establish your children, it's prayer. His faith is to say to God, this is what I want you to do for me. And you show him that you are serious. For example, you must show God that the faith of your children is more important than you, to you than their comfort. You can't be asking God to bless your children. You are not showing to him that their faith is more important to you. Remember we were talking about that? They say, hey, children, go to school in Nigeria. When will they graduate? As we go on strike. You know, since I was young, our school has been going on strike for a very long time. Hmm? You know what I found out? They always come back. They don't. They will always come back. And at the end of the day, apart from those of you who decided to go and study medicine, which is a crazy course, but I'm not saying it's bad, but it has a crazy way of behaving. Every other faculty, all that delay of ASU, does not eventually cost more than six months. Yeah. The last one that cost so much was COVID. It was not ASU. ASU strike was how many months? Eight months, right? At the end of the day, it will not cost you more than five months. Even if they do two times in your life, do you get my point? In your stay in school, it won't cost more than a year. If, go and check what I'm saying. Look, you know I, I know what I'm talking about. The only this last one was the heaviest, and that's because COVID came in and complicated the issues. The only people that used to have problems is all these medical students, and it's not only as students. Students the riots. When I was in school, 89, we had riots. I graduated 91. As a 91, we still had three months to recover. Because the way my school used to do, they're not, they're not shocking anything for you. They used to steal your holiday. Holiday, you didn't used to have much of it before anyway. So you take two weeks this year, three weeks next year. Now, so we do two years later, we'll never recover more than two months. But for most people, don't let people use ASU to make noise for you. Okay, if you went to Ukraine, was your, was your school not disrupted? No, is lectures in Ukraine? Ukraine is it <laughs> was not disrupted. Some of you won't know this, but actually there were a lot of Nigerian students in Sudan. They have a very good, I found out, medical system. So a lot of Nigerians went there for school. Was not disrupted. Disruption is everywhere in life. 
And those who are telling that, you know, abroad now, they will give you, they will give you, you will graduate four years from now. Bishop Oedipo is doing it. Babcock is doing it. Why are you making noise? They will give you graduation dates from the day you enter. They will give you four years. Okay, they, those of us that they did not give, did we still not graduate? Why are you worried about graduation day of tomorrow? Sufficient unto the day. Okay, I'll give you the academic one. Is the lectures thereof? Just go class. Do you get my point? When you will graduate, you will graduate. And the day of graduation will not change the day of your the, the destiny you are going to walk into. Before I graduate, they come back home. Two years later, they not find work. You never seen them before? People have returned from abroad, graduated at the time. They said, look, if I just go now, by 2022, 17th of July is our graduation. Okay, you came back to Nigeria, 18th of July, after graduation. And since that time, NYC did not even mobilize you. They are still trying to check whether I really went to school. You know, when I see people make noise about things that are not important, what I'm just trying to say with all of this, listen, people, is that God says, if you want this land, I will give you. That's everything I've said is to emphasize that point. I will give it to you. I will give to your children. If you don't want it, don't complain when I give to somebody else. Stop making excuses that it's because government is helping him. I will make government help you too. There's no way in the world, there is no way in the world where government doesn't help people. Go to America. They do it. China that you're making us about was built on government help. South Korea built their massive, you know, conglomerate on government help. Japan was built on government helping individuals. And as to reverend, Nigerian government is always trying to help small, small people. Am I like? Every day, they're always trying to help people. But people are so used to grumbling and complaining, they don't even notice. Now, schools, schools are getting expensive now because of inflation and all of that. We see what government is doing. They're already rolling out student loans. When are they starting? Latest in, in, in a year's time. So we'll be able to walk in and take loans to go to school because they know that we can't continue funding these things like this. Government helping people is normal life. So stop sitting down, you know, in your old in, 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 in 2002 Corolla and now we are busy woman that drives past. Say, so it's government that helped him. You see, I, I'm sorry, can I just say something small? Stop grumbling like a poor person. It's not good. Just be angry with anybody more successful than you. So look at that man. Look at her. Hey, it's because his father is rich. As if he's, he, he's not better than me. Just because my papa not get money. That's what the back said. His, his elder brother, half-brother used to come to him. And I give, give him something for school, for my children. He give him money. Every, every day he comes to collect money. He will say, oh... If my father had not died, the man of God, he said, we're looking at his, his brother, the, the same father, different mothers anyway. So we're looking at the man like he won't say anything. As long as you come again, tell him all the family problems he has, whether he can help. And he will help financially. The man said, ah, he's going through all of this just because his father died early. If his father had not died. So Tunde Bakar said one day he lost it and asked the man, was your father not my father? Why are you using our father died as an excuse? When the father was dying, you were older than me. You enjoyed this father more than I did. 
And it's not as okay, maybe my mother had money. Nobody had money. Tunde Bakari said he'll be in Lagos, going from house to house, washing clothes. Then when he's done with washing clothes, he goes back to iron them because the first house he washed, the clothes would be dry. And the day I heard him tell the story, he called one of the deaconesses in the church and said, well, did I not wash clothes for you and your husband? The woman is now a, deacon, a deaconess in, his, in the church where he's a pastor. Stop sitting around telling stories. That's what I'm going to say. Getting angry with people. Yeah. Is it not because he entered into politics? Is it not because his brother went abroad? You always have a story to tell. Kick your car, drive away from there, my friend. If I go and sell the motor, you to start a small business and ask God to bless it. That's all I'm saying. You've grumbled enough. People can grumble. Yeah. Just join any child group. Just watch. Just any child group they are just that they don't have filter. Nine times out of ten, what people do is what? Grumble. When they hear that soldiers, you know, this you no. Know, what do you call that? Raided a bandit hideout and recovered arms, shot criminals, and liberated, um, what do you call them? Hostages. Those guys will never forward it. Go and check it. But if you hear that, you know where? Gunmen attacked people. This country is falling apart. Every bad thing happening all over the country, they will forward it. Let me command you in the name of the Lord. If you don't have control over such groups, exit. What did I say? Just pull out. You shouldn't be feeding your head with nonsense every day. Oh God, I've spent so much time. We have not finished reading the scripture, have we? And where were we? Yeah, we read, we read Matthew 6, right? Okay, yeah. Now let me go back to First Timothy and show you why I read that. He said, the church of the living God is a pillar and support of truth. I'm repeating all of this to reiterate what we have said before. That if God is going to bless the nation we are in, it will be because the church did what it's supposed to do. That's why I went to all of that. And I'm repeating for us the prophecy of the man of God. It must be your prayer point. How does it work? We discussed it last time. God will come and cleanse his church. What did I say? That is how it works. The Lord comes and he cleanses his church. But like I said to you, he will not do that. And why he needs to do that? Okay, let me go like this. The, the order is this. The church is purified. The church shines as light. And the light fills the land. That's the way it works. I discussed the last time extensively. God's order is that the church is purified. The church shines light as light. And then the light fills the land. The church is purified. Her salt is pure. And because of her, the cadence cannot spread anymore in that land. That's why he said, ye are the salt of the earth. You are the one that God adds to the earth to prevent decay. Not flavor. When he used it like that in that scripture, he wasn't talking about flavor. He was talking about decay. When you say, ye are the salt of the earth. You don't give the earth taste. You prevent the spread of decadence. You are the reason why decadence will not continue, will not prosper, will not be established on the earth. That is the meaning of the church being the salt. I hope I get my point. Now, what we began to say last time, which I wanted to emphasize today, but time has really you know, moved all right, quite a bit on us 
is that to activate whatever, you have to pray. If you don't pray, that's why God gave me this you know, messages, put, it, put this in my spirit to explain to the people of God. And I'm praying that we'll spread this message everywhere. You need to get up and pray and ask God to cleanse his church. If you don't, the church will not become pure. And if it doesn't happen, God is forced to judge the land and the church. I hope you're getting my point. The church that doesn't do his work that does not you know, come out deliberately shine as light, if God has to come and judge the land because of the iniquity of the land, the church is not spared. I hope you're getting my point. So what I'm advocating, what I'm preaching, is not optional. It's for your own safety. It's for your own safety. See, I've said to you before, when you see all the problems in the land, be it you no know, sword, no weapons of war, proliferating, breaking of the staff of bread, is a spiritual problem. It's judgment against iniquity in the land. We can pray and pray and pray, except there is cleansing inside the church. Reprieve will just be temporal to come back again. You will ask God for mercy, he will show mercy. To last three weeks, and the spirit comes back more wicked than before. You ask God for mercy, you push it back again. It lasts a month. The spirit comes back again. And you're wondering, what is going on? Because it's the main reason is that, or let's be like, the reason is that the main thing has not been settled. What I wanted to introduce today, let me see how much of you can say, is that, you know, as I was thinking, what stays upon my heart, and I believe the Holy Spirit, is that the church needs to come against false prophets. They are ruining the church. They are plundering the church. They are killing the sheep. They are weakening the fold. And the church needs to arise. Those who will hear the truth and speak against them. When I'm talking about false prophets, this is a sad side. Okay, we can borrow, we can use small against people that tried, even though they are false. You understand? You know, I told you that we are not praying against yeah, people like Skadosh um, Kabash. We don't have any problem People like that. Really, we don't. There's not, not a false prophet. However, I take a man like Emmanuel. You know him? He's not there anymore. Because he succeeded, I found out, in putting his hands into the body of Christ. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. You know one of the things he did? I don't know if people just don't understand these things. You know one of those guys said that all those guys who came from abroad first time, he paid their tickets. Just showed that you want to come, you pay. He used to pay pastors to join his ministerial network. People didn't know that. Those they used to see pastors who come and say that uh, they, are, they, they want to submit to him. He was paying. And you, you must understand, people who entice God's people to iniquity, God judges them. Yeah, I don't have time to say the scriptures out for you now. But for deliberately seducing the people of God, even though he will punish them for listening to you. But he always brings judgment. If you know what he did to Balaam, he killed Balaam. For teaching Balak what to do, he killed Balaam. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, he does that, he does that. If you get up and deliberately entice God's people 
into error. Even though you are not genuinely a false, you know what we call false prophet, you still come under judgment. Because I saw the guy enter, uh, he managed to enter church. One man, I respect him. One day we were talking, I went to preach. That time I went to Abuja. Talking to the old man. It was because I spoke to him, he said, he confessed to me that the following week he was about to start following this man on TV. I said, sir, don't date. It's an evil man. He, 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 he believed me and he pulls back. One young man said his father took the whole family there. And the man was actually trying to, he thought, okay, there's a man of God, let him go and collect anointing. Such a false prophet, unfortunately, has to come under judgment. He has to. He will. He, he has to. Let me say something to you. I won't point at one person and say, you, die. No, I won't. But I will raise the word of God against that phenomenon. God says, I am against the false prophets. I said last time, you have to learn what's important to God. If God says, I'm against something, you must be against it. Otherwise, you are supporting iniquity. And one of the things I will tell people, brethren, in this year, I began to say last year, the time has come for us to stop tolerating nonsense. I told you last time, if you see somebody lying in the name of the Lord, don't sit down there. Say, everybody, come forward. Come and collect anointing. Go outside. You are not collecting. Look, don't use, what, how do they say? It is you to collect Aaron. How do they say that in English? Anyway, don't. Don't go and use shame to let evil people lay hands on you. Yeah, people are going to ah, have an anointing. This, and I told, I've warned you about how to know false prophets. There are a number of ways. There's the ones in church. First, check the kind of clothes they are wearing. That thing, I've noticed that it works. All right? It's not 100% but are you getting my point? Yeah. But it works. So what do I mean? That's the way you combine your clothes as a man. We know your head is not correct. We will just know. That's one. Then when it comes, it's telling you, ah, it starts telling stories of one of Banji's spirit. That's the reason why you're not prospering. He now says he wants to start laying hands. Eh? Just do like this and go out. They will think he wants to go to the toilet. So that will make everything look okay. Please do not accept for him to lay hands on you. Don't accept. Just because my time is going, all right? But what I wanted to do today, God has given me time. Maybe next time I'll come back to it. We are going to raise our voices against false prophets and against false doctrines. You don't have to have anybody in mind. But just because, you see, let me tell you what God does. If he wants to judge something, he goes around looking for prophets who have spoken against that thing. Then he takes their words. That's the authority he uses. Now, I need to say this because, you see, that's the only way he can clean. Now, see, there is something that doctors do. If they want to treat something, and maybe they say, this, this tissue, maybe this hand had an accident, and they want to remove the dead part of the tissue, the hand, because otherwise the whole thing will not heal. All right? They have to remove the dead part. It's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. Because you see living tissue, you have to find the edge to see where the living one starts and the dead one stops. You don't want to take away the living one. The fellow is using his tissue. You don't want to leave any dead one behind because it is spread infection the rest of the place. The place won't heal well. You know one thing they used to do these days in advance where they manage wounds well? They use maggots. Maggots are fantastic. They, they, can, <laughs> they can tell what from what. 
Yeah, yeah. That's an aside, okay? But this is where I'm going. If doctor gets too confused and he doesn't know, sometimes he just chops off the whole thing. And that's not what he wants to do. You know what I'm trying to explain? If we don't want God to just chop off a whole state, a whole group of people, the living people inside the church must arise and pray against iniquity. If they don't, they get caught up with judgment. As I said this year, forget it, God, I need a new car. Leave that thing. You need to preserve your life by praying against sin. I'm telling you the truth. You know, there's one pastor in Bishop in Lagos that was sent to life imprisonment for certain things. And one of our sisters we were talking about it. He said, Do I think it's an attack of the devil? I said, I don't think so. I said, I don't think so. And the devil's problem is sending us to prison. The devil knows it doesn't work. How do you know the devil knows it doesn't work? If you send, look, if you send Paul to prison, you know what happens? Every security man there is giving his life to Christ. Satan has become very wise. Say, sending these guys to prison doesn't work. If you are killing them, he said that one as thing. If you kill Stephen, Paul will grow out of the out of the same place. The same, the very place gone gone, not somewhere else. Oh. Where that place you kill Stephen, that place is where Paul will grow from. That's why I tell you when they killed there, wasn't that girl killed in Sokoto? The Deborah. I said, no, no, look, evangelists just grew. From that campus. Are you kidding my point? Apostles, prophets, evangelists that will shake this nation, we arise. Say amen to that. Amen. That's what God does. So that, that's not Satan. Satan has like this, you know, they work. It doesn't work. What Satan gives us is calmness, prosperity, complacency, comfort. You know, when you are comfortable, you won't go and preach. When you are comfortable, you are less likely to pray hard. That's more effective for him. So I said, look, let's not consider that as attack of the enemy. Caught, sentence. I said, no. What should we consider as the attack of the enemy? Pastors, gather yourselves and say, are we doing this thing? I don't know what my point is. The man was tried for something. I'm not judging him. I was not there. I said, but at least ask yourselves, all of you men of God, only all of us preachers who gather and they lock the door. All of you have done this. Stand up. If you don't stand up, you won't live your life. <laughs> so don't worry, I won't tell anybody, but you are going to repent. They will bring you publicly among, amongst ourselves. We're not going to do that for church because your members will say, ah, pastor. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Do you know what? If we will do that, God may even remove that, release a man from prison. Yes. Go and read the story of um, uh, uh, Jim Baker. I was wrong. 36 years imprisonment or 35. Dropped down to like 5 or 6 years overnight. That's what God did for him. But before that, he sat down in his cell and said to God, I was wrong. He said to God, I was wrong. Where am I going to all of this talk? People of God, we have to take the purification of the body of Christ serious. We have to literally rise and pray. And say, God, this iniquity must live. And I'm saying today, hopefully next time I'll, I'll go on in it. You will say false prophets and false doctrines. I hope you know they are the problem of the church. Let me read a few scriptures for you. I compiled a few scriptures. Don't bother opening it. I'll, just, I'll tell you where it is anyway. To show that this is the main problem in the church and you are going to pray about it. You are going to be angry, first of all. 
I see some doctrines we push around in the church. I just shake my head. That is where our problem is. When people tell you you can buy, buy forgiveness of sins with offerings, I hope you know it's a very false doctrine. How do you get forgiveness of sins? It's one word. Eh? No, no. What, what are you supposed to do? One word. Repentance. It's called repentance for the forgiveness of sins. There's no other way. I saw the clip of one man preaching. He's a young guy, so obviously he has not read the Bible long enough. He said, now, I'm sending it to you so that you, when you next you hear it, you say, mission. You know, I don't even know how to relate with something. I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to say that it is. She will never say, Father, forgive me. Say, you can't say that because you have been forgiven in Christ. How can you, you are saying to the Father, he has not forgiven you. That's why I ask you. So I thought I said, okay, sorry, I want to ask you a question. Yesterday, look at what I did. This was wrong, this was wrong. So what should I do? I beg, can somebody help me ask that revelation man what I should do? You know, I've been around long enough in this ministry business. And when I see small, small boys with a booger, you know, I'll be looking at them. Do you want to last? Do you, I know they are not going to go far. They never do. They're raising shoulder. Because we want to bring revelation. You know what makes me laugh is that some people give revelation and say, oh boy, I heard this thing. I'll tell you, middle of 1990. The guy that preached it, he has failed in ministry now. Another one. It doesn't carry anything. It won't produce righteousness. It will not produce holiness. It's going to produce flaky Christians who will never stand persecution, who will never stand adversity. This your church will not last, except you hand it over to the devil. And people do it. Those are the kind of doctrines that destroy the church. So let me ask you a question. If I can't ask God for forgiveness, is it you I will ask? I don't know what I get my point. They've now preached to me now that I cannot ask God for forgiveness. Then who is the human being that will ask for forgiveness? So if I do anything that is wrong with you, I'll, I'll jam your car. Please take your car out of the way. I've been forgiven in Christ. And I'll keep on driving. <laughs> I'll tell my wife, sorry for what? Is she bigger than God? Tell my wife to forgive me. For what? The old man that slapped you has passed away. He has been <laughs> forgiven in Christ. If I take your money, don't talk. I can't tell you sorry. Why should I even repay you? Jesus Christ has paid everything back in Christ. Hallelujah. That is how people begin to end their destiny. Believing lies. is the reason why we as a church should refuse. See, God said to them, you know I'm going to punish you? Because you tolerate that woman called Jezebel. We Christians have tolerated too many things. I was, I was going to read some scriptures, alright? Let me just read and then we'll close. I compiled a number of scriptures to show that false prophets are dangerous in the church. When I say false prophets now, I'm not talking about people who are not Christians who are preaching. Who are so clearly not in our fold. I'm talking about those who are in our fold, but who are lying in the name of the Lord. And I'm talking about those who are really not in the fold, but they've perfected their art of deception so much that they are leading the people of God out of the fold. They are the ones I'm talking about. They are very dangerous. Lamentations chapter 4. I'll read verses 11 to 13. Look at what he says. He said, The Lord has accomplished his wrath. He has poured out his fierce anger. 
He has kindled a fire in Zion, which has consumed its foundations. And this is the church he's talking about. The kings of the earth did not believe, nor did any of the inhabitants of the world, that the adversary and the enemy could enter the gates of Jerusalem. Now, why did he do it? Because of the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests who have shed in her midst the blood of the righteous. Please notice this. It was because of what? The sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests. That is what led to Jerusalem, Zion, being destroyed. Quickly, I'll read another one for you. Jeremiah chapter 2. He said, and I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof. That's verse 7. But when ye entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priest said not, where is the Lord? And they that handled the Lord knew me not. King James, the pastors also transgressed against me. And the prophets prophesied by Baal. And walked after things that do not profit. That's how the people defiled the land. If you read Jeremiah chapter 23. Let me read first from New American Standard. It said, therefore thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets. Behold, I am going to feed them warm wood. And that this is a scripture if you lift up. And make them drink poisonous water. Somebody say Amen. For from the prophets of Jerusalem, pollution has gone forth into the land. Now look at what he says in New Living Translation. For it is because of Jerusalem's prophets that wickedness has filled this land. Did you notice that? God says, so the Lord cuts off head and tail from Israel. Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 14. Both palm branch and bulrush in a single day. The head is the elder and honorable man. And the prophet who testifies, who teaches falsehood is the tale. For those who guide these people are leading them astray. And those who are guided by them are brought to confusion. I just read verses 14, 15, and 16. Why am I saying all of these things? God is saying the problem of the body of Christ is a problem of false preachers, false prophets, which as you can notice here, from what God said about it to Jeremiah, he used the word pastors. Where did I use the word pastors just now? When we read from King James. Jeremiah chapter what? Jeremiah 23. Are you sure? Chapter 2. It's chapter 2. Yes. He said, the pastors also transgressed against me. Those are the shepherds that are supposed to lead the people. What am I saying? Can we rise to our feet? Let's just pray for a moment. All we are going to pray today, because of time, say, Lord, we are against the prophets that prophesy lies. And we are tired of Jezebel and the lies that she tells. It's a simple prayer, isn't it? It's a very simple prayer to say, Lord, we are against the prophets that prophesy lies. And the teachers who deliberately, pastors who deliberately lead the church astray by teaching that which they know is not true. You've not said anything more than that. Just say, God, we are against the prophets that prophesy lies. Just like you are against. Just like God is against, so we are also against. 
God said in Jeremiah chapter 23. He said, therefore, behold, I am against the prophets. That's Jeremiah 23. I'm reading from verse 30. Therefore, behold, I'm against the prophets, declares the Lord, who steal my words from each other. Behold, I'm against the prophets who use their tongues and declare. The Lord declares. Behold, I'm against those who have prophesied false dreams, declares the Lord. And related them and led my people astray by their falsehoods and relentless boasting. He said, yet I did not send them or command them, nor do they furnish these people the slightest benefit. Say, Lord, I am also against these prophets. It's a simple thing. I told you by this you are delivering the body of Christ and you are delivering yourself. Say, Lord, we are against false prophets. We are against false doctrines. We are saying, Lord, arise. Take your sword in your hand and cut off lies. Arise. Take your sword in your hand, Father, and cut off false doctrines. Arise, Lord, against lying spirits that mount the pulpit. Please, you need to say that to God. Because righteousness will not fill the church until the church arises against falsehood. Until we are no longer content. Until we are no longer able to stand it. Until we no longer tolerate Jezebel. God said this I have against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel. That's Revelation chapter 2. Say Lord, I refuse to tolerate Jezebel. We refuse. That is, if enough of us say no, they will go away. I have this against you, the Lord says, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. And she teaches and leads my bond servants astray. And people tolerate her. Why do they do that? If you know what I know, she probably was a rich woman. I would have brought a lot of money to the church. So they allowed her to speak. Just pray and say, Lord, I am against false prophets. And I am against false teachers. Now you have not mentioned anybody's name, nor am I asking you to put anybody in your mind. But we need to rise up as a church. If God is going to cleanse neatly, he needs to have these words rise up from our mouths, from our hearts against iniquity in the land. Say, Lord, I am against false prophets. I am against false doctrines. It's an important prayer. Say, Lord, I am against false prophets. I am against. That's what I'm asking us to say today. As a church, we are saying, Lord, we just like the Lord, we are against false doctrines. We are against false teachers. Those who stir up rebellion against the Lord. This is the kind of prayer we will pray this year. Saying to the Lord, uproot false doctrines from the midst of us. We are asking that it will not prosper. The church in Nigeria is asking that Father, false doctrines will not prosper in our midst. Look at that woman, Jezebel. The Lord says she's teaching. Did you notice she's teaching what is false? They go around giving us what is false. 
Telling us that grace means that no matter what we do, it is acceptable. Say, Lord, we reject it. Lord, I do not want my iniquity to be acceptable before you. I don't want the uncleanness that my flesh produces to be acceptable. Father God, I ask of you to purify me completely as I've been purified in Christ. Let it come out in my flesh. Purify me by the washing of water. I refuse to be complacent in uncleanness. Lord, I am against false doctrines. It's a simple prayer. We are going to pray for that next time. Lord, I reject on behalf of the body of Christ. We reject lying spirits. We reject the spirit of mammon. We reject the spirit that glorifies the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So that's our prayer. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Can we just read that scripture together and then I will close there? Jeremiah chapter 23, quickly. We're going to read from verse 25. And we'll stop reading in verse um, 32. Verse 25 to verse 32. By doing this, we are just releasing the mind of God into the air. The word of God. The logos. We're activating it into the air. And anyone who will not depart from iniquity in this regard, watch out. The Lord is coming with his sword. Are you there? Yes. Verse 25, one to let's go. I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesied falsely in my name, saying, I had a dream. I had a dream. How long? Is there anything in the hearts of the prophets who prophesy falsehood? Even these prophets of the deception of their own heart. Who intend to make my people forget my name by their dreams, which they relate to one another, just as their fathers forgot my name because of Baal. The prophet who has a dream may relate his dream, but let him who has my word speak my word in truth. What does straw have in common with grain? declares the Lord. Is it not my, is not my word like fire? declares the Lord, and like a hammer that shatters a rock. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who steal my words from each other. Behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who use their tongues and declare. The Lord declares. Behold, I am against those who have prophesied false dreams, declares the Lord, and related them and led my people astray by their falsehoods and relentless, reckless boasting. Yet I did not send them or command them, nor do they furnish these people the slightest benefit, declares the Lord. You know, the Lord says, Behold, I am against these prophets. Say in the name of Jesus, Arise, O Lord, Lord. stand against these prophets. prophets. In the name of Jesus, Jesus. Arise, O Lord, Lord. stand against these prophets prophets. who prophesy lies in your name, Who name. who teach false doctrines in your name, Say, Lord, we reject them. We reject Jezebel. We reject her doctrines. Say, Lord, we reject them. No, say, Lord, we reject them. As you have stood against them, so we stand against them. From our spirits, we reject them. We reject false doctrines. We reject Jezebel. 
We reject her doctrines. In the name of Jesus. Every false doctrine. Every false doctrine. That reduces Christ Jesus. We reject it. Every false doctrine. That magnifies the flesh. We reject it. Every false doctrine. That will not cause us to walk in righteousness. We reject it. Every false doctrine. That makes us comfortable in uncleanness. We reject them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say every false doctrine. From any quarter. From every prophet. By by dreams. Though it be by dreams. Or by visions. We reject them. If they stand against the written word of God. Every doctrine. That rises against the knowledge of Christ. Every doctrine. That rises against the knowledge of righteousness. Every doctrine. That rises against the walk in righteousness. Against the walk in holiness. Lord we reject them. Concerning the church in this nation. We declare. They will not prosper. Say every doctrine. That magnifies mammon. Every doctrine of demons. We reject them. Concerning the church of God in Nigeria. We say they will not prosper. Say guard thy sword upon thy thigh, O holy one. Guard thy sword upon thy thigh, O most mighty. Ride on prosperously. Because of truth. And uprightness. And let your right hand do all some things. Make your church clean. You know the Bible says. If your eye is clear. The whole body will be full of light. So we say father in the name of Jesus. Let this church be clear. That this whole nation will be full of light. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's give the Lord thanks this evening. Say Lord thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for blessing us with your word today.